Coming at you live from DNHQ in beautiful South Pasadena, California. This is the Blue Heaven Podcast. What's going on, Dodgers Nation? My name is Clint. You can find me as RealFRG on Twitter and Instagram. That guy right there is the legendary Douglas McCain, DMAC underscore LA. He did it the right way on Twitter and Instagram. Doug, it's Friday. Friday fun show. That's what's in. Put the water. They're not sponsoring. That's what's in. They're not sponsoring us. Doug, how you doing, man? It's the Friday Fun Show. But I'm not having fun at all watching this Dodger team. They've struggled. They lose that series against the Pirates. They had all that momentum that they had built, taking three of four from the Cubbies, only to see it dwindle. Just lack of execution where it talks stolen bases. I'm not happy with this Dodgers team. Yes, they are missing some key guys, but just overall, not feeling great about these guys. 13 and 13. We're about to hit the one month mark of the season. So you can start to get some legitimate feels about where what this team is right now and what it could or should be moving forward throughout the season. So stay tuned next week. Already promoting for next week on Monday. We'll do our one month reviews. But today, hey, the Dodgers are bad again because apparently Friday shows are for bad shows. Like you already said, uh, our bad team. Um, they're giving up. You guys can go out and go steal a base on the Dodgers right now. I'm pretty sure you could. Your fleet of foot, you know, most of your knees are still intact. We do got to worry, uh, which is the bigger concern. Again, it's already twice we've done that in the first month alone, pitching or the inconsistent offense. And it looks like, like you also said, we will be getting a little healthy. Um, we they will be getting a little healthy into this homestand and all that. But uh, before we get into the show, we got to remind you, this is a podcast. If you want to hear us as a podcast, we're on all your podcast platforms. It's free. Go there, leave a review, leave like at minimum 57 stars, even if it only allows you to have five stars. We want 57 stars in the reviews and um, drop into the comments. Let us know where you guys are rep representing Dodgers Nation tonight. Drop them area codes cities all that kind of stuff and uh later on let's get some predictions for what this weekend might look like uh but you know this offense it's really put me to sleep doug so i'm gonna, I'm gonna put on my manta mask here manta sleep mask while you uh tell the fine people what i'm wearing Manta Sleep. They make the world's best sleep mask and sleep accessories. Everything they do is to enable better lives through better sleep. They work relentlessly to improve and optimize sleep so that you can have the energy to live your best life. Check out MantaSleep.com today as you can sleep better anywhere, anytime. Get your Manta mask today. Use the code DN2023. And that's yeah. Clint, you up? That's, that's DN2023? Clint, you up? Uh, bro, I'm not here. Just like the Dodger bats in Pittsburgh. Sleeping in Pittsburgh, really, this team as a whole. You want to start with offense? You want to start with pitching? You want to let's, start with with, let's start with some comments first right here. Nicholas is representing on YouTube from 206. That's in Seattle. Thank you for hanging out with us, Nicholas. Uh, BC, I saw BC, says uh, $25 nachos. I think there's a conversation going on there. Da Chamorro, I don't know. That's a terrible uh, attempt at that name, but um, they say they're living in Guam. And just stole second on the Dodgers from there. Wow. It's, it must have been Noah Syndergaard pitching. I don't know who wanted Syndergaard. <laughs> um, Elisheva checking in from SoCal. Uh, BC representing from Queens. That's in Mets country. We got 90501 Torrance. Andrew checking in on Facebook. Thanks for hanging out with us. Facebook. Appreciate you rocking with us. Yeah. I'm talking about say. Uh, DKM is here, says, I won't talk for long. I got glitched internet. Cool. Switch to AOL. Nailed it. 
Um, we got, I think I think we might still have <laughs> we might have some comments <laughs> from the Lakers stream going on in here. I don't know, but right. we'll we'll figure it. Out. I don't know. Uh, you got anything in there? We got Otto Ray over on Facebook who says, dude, the Dodgers are so hard to watch right now. Yes, it's not a very fun and exciting team to watch. It's not a team that's playing with heart and passion, a gritty team like we were hoping to see this season. So I would agree with you, Otto Ray. We've got Brian Cameron who says, this season is young. Some unfortunate turn of events. It's too early to say they're bad. So yeah, I mean, look, there's some, some positivity, a little Mitch, a lot of half full take right there. Yes, it is extremely early we saw that 2018 team get off to a really slow start 10 games over to 500 to make it all the way to the world series so yeah it is still early but still the problem is all of that you just said does not make for a good youtube title or thumbnail so the dodgers are bad that makes for a better uh youtube thumbnail we have to call we have to look we give them the good the bad the ugly we tell them it's not we don't give excuses we make explanations and yeah there are maybe some key pieces but still i just don't like the general just feel of this team starting into this year. 2018 was very different. You know, it was a little bit of a World Series hangover. You still had a lot of up-and-coming players that were trying to establish themselves. This season, I think, just kind of from the outset, I mean, just look at... I mean, Mookie Betts is struggling. That's your $365 million man. Your best player, your best hitter is a seventh-round rookie that wouldn't have made this team had it been for a Gavin Lux injury. Everyone said he was yeah. going to start out in AAA in James Albin. So there's so many questions on this team. feels like half the lineup is hitting under the Mendoza line. And I think, to me, when we talk about the stolen bases, is yes, it's an issue. Yes, it is alarming. But I think it speaks to a bigger issue about this team and how they are manufactured in 2020. I told you that the Dodgers were a BlackBerry living in an iPhone world. I feel even stronger about that now because this team does not feel like it's built for modern baseball at the moment. No, it's it's it was assembled like the, the this random parts from other teams, which I mean, it tends to happen uh, with the baseball team. But uh, I think as we got closer to spring training, both you and I weren't as high on on what this roster. Yeah, it's like yeah, there's a lot of potential. But, you know, you and I have potential, but here we are. You know, it's like you got to actually produce. And so far, uh, they're not producing, we'll say. And it's looking like, yeah, it's just a roster of, of dudes, random dudes and not guys. We need some guys, not dudes. No, absolutely. And <laughs> I'm going to try to, after this show, I'm going to try <laughs> to challenge myself to not mention Shohei Otani because I'm getting sick and tired of the narrative out there saying, oh, they're punting the season for Shohei Otani. I think that is a cop-out for Andrew Friedman. I think that is an excuse saying that, oh, this is a part of his big master plan. He's playing 3D chess. No, it's not about Otani for next season. And adding Otani doesn't mean this team is going to be a World Series winner. Look, it took all the Avengers to beat Thanos. Hulk couldn't do it all by himself. We've seen that in Anaheim, Otani can't change just like that. He's a fantastic player, no question about it. But I'm a little disappointed in the roster construction so far, how this team has looked so far in multiple position groups. But yeah, when we talk about the stolen base issue, I've been doing the post game show pretty much every game this week, and it feels like it's weird. It's ugly head once again. And yes, this roster is filled with a lot of pitchers that not have they're not good at holding runners. I mean, really, yeah. only Clayton Kershaw, Julio Arias is pretty solid at it. But most of these guys are bad at holding runners. And you add the rules with the shorter bases, the pizza box, and then the engagement rules. Yeah, the disengagement rules. And you see why teams are taking advantage. And I think it's embarrassing. I hate to use the word embarrassing, but it definitely is embarrassing so far. I, I No lies detected. It, it's bad. And, um, you know, one of the things uh, I think I think Dave 
I think they actually addressed it in, in spring training a little bit. And Mark Pryor had mentioned that they're more interested in, in their stuff than trying to mitigate the running game, i.e. in their windup than uh, pitching from the stretch and, and lose some potential stuff to try to hold those runners. We're seeing big-ass leg kicks when, uh, when there's somebody on bases and – Pittsburgh Pirates ran wild. So let's get into that series a little bit. Of course, you've already done the post games. You guys want to relive the pain? Check it out. YouTube.com slash Dodgers Nation TV. Subscribe, hit the bell, leave a like, do all those things. Really helps out the channel. But yeah, um, yeah they lose the series to the Pirates. Really unexpected come from behind win on um, on that Tuesday game. Great game on Tuesday. But then everything just really, really came undone. They score three runs over the next two games. Um Stolen bases, massive problem. What did they end up with? Uh, Pittsburgh ended up, I thought it was more than 12. I, I could have sworn it was more than 12. It's 12. It feels like there's been 12 today alone. But uh, And then pitching, you know, you, I, I applaud what Tony Gonsolin did for the team. He did well. He did not allow any points on the board. But then the bullpen was like, don't worry, buddy. We got you. Yeah, yeah. Everywhere. Um and Julio, just, I mean, uh, my preseason prediction of Julio having an ERA over four is looking really prime right now. That This being not a terrible season, but a regression season for Julio Urias. And that's that was not a stopper performance out of Julio on, on uh, Wednesday morning or Thursday morning there um, in, in Pittsburgh. So... You want to talk about Julio first? Because I know we we all really want to talk about the stolen base issue, but I think there's a little bit more in the tank with the the Urias situation. Just not pitching that well, and you're seeing it in the first that um, that first inning run scoring issue is back. But now for some reason there's like a sixth inning they're going to hit a home run at bare minimum. I think four of his uh, six starts they've hit a home run. The opponent has hit a home run in the. Uh, the sixth inning. So, just give me your 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 initial uh, thoughts here. Just just, yeah, just <laughs> tell me about what you're seeing out of Julio. Yeah, you know I I've dubbed him the Urias, and I'm not confident in calling him that right now because the way he's pitching, you're seeing a lack of command. You're seeing his inability to finish off hitters, and we saw yesterday against the Pirates, he had two strikes on guys, wasn't able to get that finishing pitch. We've seen him have success with the slurve. Well, look at the. Look at the big hit by Joe. I mean, that was a slurve, hung it right in the middle of the plate. That was later in the game. You look early on to Reynolds. I mean, that fastball is just looking very hittable. Not only has it dropped in velocity, averaging 92.5 miles per hour. I mean, that was a fastball that was averaging 94.1 miles per hour just a few seasons ago. So when you can combine the fact that the velocity has diminished and the command has gone down, you're seeing why he's struggling. He's looking frustrated out there on the mound. You saw him yelling into his glove. You got a... Very audible. Puta madre. Oh, I don't know if I can bleep that. Thank you. you. You heard him say that. Wow. And that lets you know how frustrated he's been out there. And like audible. I said, the fact that. <laughs> and one thing that was alarming this is a to family me, show. I mean, hey, is it though? Is it? Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, like like you said. So I think the the issue with. With Julio Urias is the stuff isn't as great. We saw the WBC even early on the WBC yeah, when yeah. he was struggling, and he dealt with some home run issues last year. The home run ball is hurting him once again. I mean, multiple times he's given up back-to-back -back home runs this season. So, 
yeah, it's definitely early on this season, and we saw him. Look, let's not forget, he had some bad starts early last year, only to turn himself back into a top-five pitcher in the National League. So he has time to correct it, but he definitely looks like he's laboring a little bit out there. I think fatigue is a factor, is conditioning at the top for Julio. Is he still adjusting to the pitch clock? Because you see guys that when they're pitching fatigue, that's when their command starts to dwindle. And he is not a quite a max effort guy that relies on velocity. Yeah. But when he's, he's fatigued, better with it, the velocity goes down, like you said. And he's not able to change the eye levels as much and work the top of the zone with that four-seam fastball. I'll, I'll, say what, uh, I'll say for you what you're trying to say a little bit. Uh, we're seeing it on the internet a lot. A lot of people wondering if maybe Julio came into camp a little mas gordito. Uh, than he has in years, <laughs> than he has in years past, and you wonder if that does affect some of his rhythm and and routine, or like you're saying, the 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 stamina, the ability to to pitch deeper in the game, and maybe the stuff isn't as good in in the later uh, games, but really the stuff hasn't. Uh, we've we've seen Julio in all different shapes and sizes and and ages, and usually that doesn't affect him. So I don't think that's an issue for him right now. I think an issue he is. Um, well, one, he, he is bringing in another pitch again. It's an old pitch, but there's a reason they scrapped it years ago. Um, there's some bad luck going against him, and when the bad luck happens, that's when he gets a little more animated and maybe gets out of his game uh, a, a little bit more. I forgot who the player was, but an opponent um, recently, again, I will not remember, but I do remember them saying, and maybe you'll remember, uh, who it was somebody saying that one of the things that they noted about Julio was he wasn't the guy he used to be he wasn't the guy who would try to just rear back and blow it past you to get out of the inning he would throw the as Jay Hare likes to call it the combio that uh, he would he would change the the eye levels he would change the speed he would throw throw some some spin at you instead of just trying to blow it past you but you're not seeing that as much so far um not quite sure what the situation is, but anyways, three and three record, four four one ERA, seven homers and thirty two in the third innings. Not uh, not the best of numbers for a platform year. Do you think this so far? This is one month. Do you think this so far could affect that uh, cha ching in the off season? Well, it's a long season. I think if this continues and he has a 4-4-1 ERA to end the year, yeah, absolutely, it's going to impact him. I was never a guy that thought he was going to get $250 million or a Garrett Cole-type level contract, but I think that Julio is a guy that you can count on to go out there and post and be consistent. And for me, like I said, the root of the problem right now is that fastball. The four-seam fastball is not located. If you compare 2022 on his fastball, opponents were hitting 195. So far this season, it's at 339, and the expected slug is at 519. So he just doesn't have the confidence in his fastball right now, and we know that sets everything else up. When his fastball command is on point, that's when he's more effective with the slurve. Also, you're not seeing him go out there and dominate with that changeup, too. That changeup going to that, whereas you see more cutter this season, it makes me believe that, yeah, I think you might want to go back to a mix that worked for you so well last season. As far as financially moving forward, I always look at Scott Boris. I look at Julio Urias. We know they want to create a bidding war, and if he ends the year strong and if he has a really explosive postseason where this Dodgers team is playing deep, which at this point, who yeah. would say that? I <laughs> yeah. think, yeah, right now you're probably looking at 175, 200 million as the ceiling. But if he has a down year, maybe looking at 140, 150 million, something in that range. Or it could be a one year prove it. 
He's young enough where you might yeah. want to consider a prove it deal. Accept that qualifying offer or something like that. Um, I, I don't see that. I, th I think either way you're going to see a lot of money and a lot of uh, multi-year offers his way because he is a Boris guy and he does have the track record of having been one of the best pitchers in baseball for the you know two of the last three seasons, depending on how this season goes. Um, I saw a comment, uh, somebody talking about uh, uh, the 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 Austin Barnes effect and I forgot the exactly Michael Carrillo here says maybe Barnes just sucks at sequencing now uh one note three starts with Will Will Smith behind the plate Julio one and a half ERA um with everybody else not you know we I think we had we had a show just after Julio's st second stinker so it was number five start on the year and he that was his first time I believe that was his first time throwing to to Austin wins and I put a lot of that loss on wins for him not knowing him, not knowing how the, the pitches move and kind of costing him a few on the pitch frame. Do you think there's anything to that, uh, the the Will Smith factor? And, you know, I mean, Austin Barnes has an incredible track record, but uh, I don't know. Something. I would say maybe lead. <laughs> I would say a little bit. I would say maybe less than 10%. I still think if his stuff was right, if his command was there, I think you would see him be more effective. But something that no one's really mentioning, too, is – he is also being a guy that is being hurt by the new rules. I mean, the restricted shift is hurting a guy that Julio Arias is not a guy that you can expect to go out there and be a Garrett Cole type or a guy that blows hitters away with explosive fastballs that misses tons and tons of bats. Yes, he does have that in his bag, but that is not how he has success. He has success by inducing soft contact. His fastball velocity-wise doesn't play up, but from a spin rate perspective, it's always one of the tops in the league. If you look at his BABIP numbers right now, batting average on balls in play, it's 326 this season. Last year was at 229. Last year, I remember... One of the last shows, I talked about the disparity in his ERA, which was at 216, and his FIP at 371. This year, it's at 441 on the ERA and a 473 FIP. So the point I'm trying to make is he kind of is who he is this season compared to last year when you had the optimal shifting, when you had guys in positions to get those extra outs. But, hey, let's it's compounded by the fact that Yesterday, you saw him allow that double steal that led to a run. Reynolds scored on that sacrifice fly. McCutcheon was able to score. I mean, if you're Julio Urias, who has given up more hits, and they're just able to get their bat on the ball and put the ball in play, if you're giving up a single and they steal and they end up at second, that single is really a double, right? Yeah. And then later in the game, you Maybe give up a home run. It's a recipe for a disaster. So also, too, I mean, hey, man, we, you and I have watched baseball for a trillion billion hours, right? I mean, a two-strike bunt, and then he ends up at third due to that Austin Barnes error. So, yeah, I think Barnes, for, as a hitter, we know that he's really one of the worst in the league. But as far as a catcher. The, Where's the lie? There's no lie. Well, as far as a catcher. But what he provides, though, the reason why he's on this team and I why I still consider him the best backup catcher in the league is because he has that ability to control a pitcher, control the pitching staff, and give them confidence. He has a below-average arm, but I just would not pin this on Austin Barnes, and I don't think Julio Urias would either. He's taken full accountability for his early-season performance. In the uh, the words of Doug McCain, 100% agree with your point right there. <laughs> I, sorry, I had to do that one. Um, yeah, this isn't an Austin thing. This isn't really a catcher thing. It's a it's a Julio thing. The stolen bases. That's also a Julio thing, and it's all it, it's a it's a team mentality. It's a team mantra. It's it's what prior in the gang wants they don't they want lossless quality in the the stuff uh whether they're pitching out of the stretch or out of the windup and 
there's um dj jesse says uh urias windup looks different do you think maybe he's playing a little too much with the windup because notably or, or famously he kind of ditched the windup for a couple of seasons and you could argue those seasons were very good mostly pitching out of the stretch thoughts on that I definitely think there's more something there than who was behind the dish. I think you saw him flirt with that little hesitation, that Cueto-like move that he was using. You see sometimes, especially to right-handed hitters, where he tries to sneak and go three-quarters, kind of sidearm that fastball to get the outside corner to try to keep hitters off balance. And I think when Julio is at its best is when you see the, repeal, the repeatability on that delivery. And sometimes it does look mechanically, like from pitch to pitch, it's not as consistent as it was in the past. So I think they're going to look at some things. I think they're, they're going to fine-tune some things. But I also think this is a guy, too, that last few seasons, he has been a workhorse. He has been the one guy that you can count on week after week yeah. after week that has been able to go on that mountain post. And I think you're starting to see some of the residuals of that. And he's still in his prime. He's still a guy, young guy by baseball standards, 26, 27 years old. But still, I think you're starting to see that too. Because, I mean, Clayton Kershaw missed some time. Guys missed time. Dustin May, he missed a whole entire year. Walker Buehler, he's already been out having Tommy John surgery for the second time in his career. Yeah. The one constant has been Julio Urias. And then you have the fact, too, there is pressure. He knows that a good season for him could mean an extra 50, 60, 70, 80 million dollars. So I think it's a lot of factors, but I'm confident that he is going to not necessarily be the Urias. And I've always said that he's not the Urias of a World Series winning team. I've always felt that at his peak, he's a solid number two on a World Series contending team. And I think that mechanically, they'll fine tune some things and they'll write the shit with Julio. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. I was going to ask you that. What if you think if you're worried about the start of the season, you pretty much buttoned it up there. So I'll take my own question. I'm not worried about this start of the season for Julio yet. I think six games and what 30 some odd innings is not uh, indicative of what the entire body of work, as Dave would probably say it, is going to look like by the time October rolls around. But it is concerning and it is. Um, it'll be more concerning if we don't start to see them make some changes, make some adjustments, see him make some adjustments on the bump with get back to what's been working for you don't try to get too cute on the bump i went i went bump twice <laughs> but um maybe maybe you don't need the the little leg dance thing maybe you don't need that right now until you're in a better spot but i think we'll feel better about julio in one month's time uh it's just it just sucks that so many things right now are going wrong for this team it just kind of it keeps compounding so you're like oh, is it him obviously Julio Urias is not the problem this team is losing. They're either 
scoring enough runs or not scoring enough runs, and sometimes I score enough to runs to normally win, but then the bullpen is like, hey, not today, boys, and it's it's just a lot of uh, of everything. But one constant we can turn to in all of that is 90 free feet never works in your favor, and they're giving away 90 feet a lot. Stolen bases, huge issue. I know you wanted to dive more into this. You got numbers. You got some stats. He brings his facts to the fight here. Tell me about what the hell is going on with the stolen bases. Look, like Blake Trina would say, stop the steal. Okay, this <laughs> Dodger team, when it comes Bruh. to stolen bases, they're ranked 28th as a team and 30th as far as stolen bases allowed. They've allowed 38 stolen bases on the year. They've only thrown out six. And each and every game, it's free money. And the yeah. word is out against this Los Angeles Dodgers team that you can run on the Dodgers. You can get runners in scoring position. And what that does is it allows you to generate more runs. And also, it stresses the pitchers. Noah Syndergaard, one of the worst in the league at it. I think they're 9 for 9 so far this season. But still, the bullpen. I mean, Phil Bigford... When you guys, you talked, mentioned Austin wins the other day, when they gave up that stolen base the other day to Carlos Santana, he'd only had two stolen bases since 2019, and he ends up getting that swipe back on the double steal, and they end Carlos up. Carlos Santana's in the 70s now. I mean, <laughs> legitimately. <laughs> yeah. Different guy. Different yeah. Guy. I mean, look, the Pirates stole more bases in three games than the Dodgers have had all season long. So, one, they're not throwing out runners. They're being exploited. They're vulnerable right now. And two, they're not taking advantage of these new rules yeah. and stealing bases themselves. Yes, we've seen a couple instances where you've seen more stolen bases in this team hit and run and, and things like that to try to help boost the offense. But, look, it is a problem. And to me, for a team that has World Series aspirations for an organization that always likes to feel like they're cutting edge. I feel like this is one area where the Dodgers are being exploited in a big way. And if you look at these pitchers too, hey, what's up with Dr. Mark Pryor, who is championed and deified by so many Dodgers fans? <laughs> look, if you just go look back at any of these stolen bases, the cadence of the pitchers, the rhythm, they absolutely get a head start. Every time the pitcher comes set, they know the moves they're going to make, and they're off to the races. They can pretty much walk to second base with the jumps that they're getting. So, yeah, to me, it's alarming. And the one thing I have an issue with, too, is Dave Roberts has asked about this, yes. and he says, right now, I don't know the answer and he said we just have to be better really that's all you have for me yeah. they should change the dodgers hashtag this year to hashtag just have to be better okay and i think this team they really need to get to the root of this make some adjustments because it almost feels like they're going out there saying oh we're the dodgers we can win because of this script on the front of our chest because we've always had that edge in recent seasons but all these teams at the top of the league in stolen bases the pirates the diamondbacks the cubs well they've got the vast majority of those stolen bases against LA and not yeah. only are they stealing bases they're cashing in on them so yeah it's a major major problem I think Will Smith being out is an issue I mean he's only played 11 games this season but still this is on the pitchers I mean even Will even prime Pudge Rodriguez could not throw out some yeah. of these guys with the, the the head start they're getting off of uh off of the Dodger pitching expanding on your Dave Roberts point um I think it was yesterday Dave was kind of asked about both sides of the coin of on on stolen bis, uh, stolen bases and in, in this case he's talking about the Dodger side of, of things why aren't why isn't the offense trying to take advantage of it it's not like they have an exceptionally slow team or whatever but uh, quote Dave Roberts we just don't have the guys who steal bases we're not constructed that way that's just the facts and this is coming from somebody who stole one of the most famous 
bases in history. Uh, I just don't like giving up outs or giving up bases. If there's right opportunities to steal a base, we'll do it, but it's just not part of our offense. And uh, Andrew Friedman also got some uh, words in about it. He he believes that they – he says, quote, I'd like to have more stolen bases. I haven't dug into it, but I'd like to, to have it be more. Um, I think we have a number of guys that can pick spots to get the double digits. So there seems to be – maybe some uh, differences in philosophy on the stolen bases, but from the most part, it sounds like Dave doesn't want to, let's be real, he doesn't want to add another thing to the the laundry list of things Dodger fans like to blame him about. Because if they're all out there and trying to steal a bunch of bases and then they're getting thrown out, what what is the fan base saying on Twitter then? It's not going to be good jobs, Dave. Yeah, no, I think... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's absolutely a part of it. It's a little save my own ass if you're Dave Roberts. He knows that if he had the personnel, if he had guys that were above average on the base pass, yeah, you might see a more aggressive approach, but it's clear. They've outlined it, and they went with power over athleticism. They went to put the ball and get extra base hits. When Also, who on this team can you count on? I mean, if you're a betting man and you had a race, I mean, who of these guys would you bet on to win a race? I mean, maybe James Altman, maybe Chris Taylor, maybe Adrian B- Gonzalez. Adrian <laughs> Gonzalez. I mean, these teams do not have a bunch of guys that are no. built to steal a lot of bases. They have, they have got they have good base runners, but not base stealers. And yeah, the league, Major League Baseball, tried to find a way to inject more stolen bases into the game, but this is a team that just does not apparently feel from their field manager that they can go out and do it with regularity with that what is it the the 70 percent success rate clip um you know we we we've seen jd martinez get thrown out a couple of times we've seen uh or, or we've seen david peralta get thrown out a couple of times we've seen david peralta uh, jd martinez get thrown out trying to stretch singles into triples for some ungodly reason um yeah i mean you're not going to win in the Daytona 500 rolling out a Nissan Altima, right? And right now, this team, they're filled. Slash all the other cars' tires, maybe. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. A lot of late model cars, a lot of late model SUVs on this team. And yeah, I mean, I think they're just missing the point. I think it's a lack of recognition with how the game was going, the direction of this game. Hey, in 2018, 2019, this team, they'd be on fire, right? This team would probably have a better record. But I think when you when you consider the fact that this team isn't even taking advantage of the rules themselves, you're seeing the results of it. And it's unfortunate because look, when this team struggles, when this team doesn't get the multiple home run game, when they don't get the extra base hit, but they do draw a leadoff walk. When you do get a leadoff single, rarely do you see the hit and run. Rarely do you see a stolen base. And that is what energizes offenses. That is what wakes guys up. Also, it puts yeah. stress on the pitcher. Clint, there is a reason why pitchers become marginal pitchers, average pitchers become Cy Young candidates against the Dodgers is because you get those quick innings. You get those easy yeah. outs, those lazy fly balls. And then when runners are on base, they're not even disengaging. They're not going over to first. They're not worried about holding runners. So this Dodgers team, they are not using every single way every possibility they're not trying to take advantage of these new roles and it's disappointing to me for a franchise that really viewed themselves as a modern a modern franchise that really was the cutting edge yeah uh, the game changed on them and it looks like they didn't do the homework to catch up with it because they had so much other so many other things going on this offseason with franchise icons leaving uh changing of the guard the youth movement and all this other bs and hoopla um 
But I'm seeing a team that needs to make an adjustment, and you've had just about one month. You know what this is doing? It's not working. You're 500. And, yeah, they haven't been always the complete roster. You know, Max has been out for the last three games. Uh, you haven't had Gavin Lux for a single pitch this season. Um, it's not the team they anticipated going into the season with, but it's also it's not, it's not a bad roster. It just needs some changes. Um, and some some different philosophies, I guess we'll say. But we'll find out what, what the plan is over the next month, and I can't wait to come back to this in a month and see exactly uh, how many stolen bases they've given up by that point and all that. Um, I saw a couple comments here to get into. Sarah Morris saying, uh, on YouTube, speed doesn't equal stolen bases. Definitely not. Um, but it helps. <laughs> Definitely helps. Boomer Assassin says Peralta needs to be DFA'd. Uh, who would you let go first, Peralta or Trace? <laughs> Without a Trace. Get, Without yeah, a Trace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, we put him on the spot. Breaking news. Yeah, um, that's easy. I mean, Trace uh, Peralta's defense still playing up. The expected stats still like him. Trace is a strikeout machine, striking out over 50% of the time at the plate. He made that nice defensive play to really save a run the other day. But still, yeah, Trace is not even looking like a big leaguer at the moment. 2023 gaming on YouTube. They need to adjust to the stolen bases that are occurring. My good friend Joe Mama says, uh, I don't doubt or I doubt Dave gives a flying duck about the fan base, man. Thank you. Just waiting on that one. Gotta be ready. Gotta be ready. You said you, you didn't cuss though. Yeah, but I also don't cuss at other times and you do it and it's fun. I only cuss in foreign languages. Thank you. I feel better about that. Angie has a fix on uh, YouTube. Angie says Dodgers need new pitchers like we need a Roldis Chapman, Camilo Doval, and Emmanuel Classe or Class, whatever that guy's uh, last name is. So let's just go get everybody. That'll fix it for sure. Well, I mean, I'll take Chapman over Vessia right now. Vessia is a Messia. Huh? There you go. Okay, it was like, okay, Doug. Okay, Doug attempt. Anyway, Sailor's done that. <laughs> anyway. So uh, that's that's base stuff. Uh, if you guys wanted to go out and, and bet on a team stealing bases off the Dodgers, you'd probably win big. And you could use our promo code at MyBookie, by the way. Got to remind you, promo code DodgersNation at MyBookie.com or go to MyBookie.website slash DodgersNation. Use that promo code and you get extra free money for money you put in. So that's cool. Bet against the Dodgers, I guess, if you like uh, money happening. Good read. Now let's uh, let's talk a bit about the the good stuff. I guess the Dodgers are getting a little bit healthier this weekend. The boys are back home with uh, with that. Max Muncie is waiting for them. Will Smith is waiting for them. Hopefully tonight, maybe tomorrow. If it's any longer, it's good. Okay, it is going to happen. Will will be in the lineup or on the roster? DHing. So Will Smith back. JD Martinez in out. They don't know yet. They're still waiting on J.D. Martinez. Bruce Dark Gratterall will be back. Miguel Rojas will be back next week. So that that helps a little bit. Um, but you have to feel good getting Will and and Max back in the lineup. You have to feel great about getting Bruce Dark back in the bullpen as well because this is a bullpen that very much struggled in uh, Pittsburgh. 
Yeah, it's good to see Will back. I mean, we were concerned with how long this was going. J.D. Martinez, I'm concerned about that one. I think an IL stint <laughs> could be back. looming, absolutely. But, yeah, reinforcements are on the way. This team isn't devoid of talent. We know they have guys in there. They're going to help this offense. Yes, they have six guys hitting below 200. They're two, they're 230, 223 batting average is 27th in the league. But still, you bring back a guy like Will Smith, who we were talking about as a potential MVP, Max Munson. National League Player of the Week. He's turned his season around. So, yeah, that's going to help the offense. But I'll be honest with you. I'm really not losing sleep about the offense. Yes, I would like to see them steal more bases and generate more runs and be more consistent. But I would probably, if I had a freakout meter and my concern meter for the offense, I think it would be probably a four pitching, I would probably have that as an eight. I mean, the pitching is the problem with this Dodgers team. I mean, if you look at this year compared to last year, 26 games through 26 games in 2022, they scored 133 runs and they allowed 60 runs. They were 19 and seven this season, 26 games. They've scored just one less run. They've scored 132 runs and they've allowed though more than double 123 runs and they're 13 and 13. So of course, we know that offense, it's easy to point at someone's batting average. It's easy to point at Trace Thompson striking out. Even James Altman, who I said on Monday's show, I was fearing a little a little downslide. I want to see how it would deal with this first slump. But pitching is the problem. A yes. bullpen that doesn't miss bats. A rotation that lost Tyler Anderson and replaced him with Noah Syndergaard, who has a negative war right now, who we'll see if he can make it through the, the whole entire summer. Like you said on, yeah, I mean, look, he's, he's, he's had a, a rough start of it. Yeah, yeah. Rough he's he's it so been far. thorrible. He's there been thorrible so far Thorific. this season. Yeah. That's yeah. just for him. <laughs> so uh, uh, I, what I loved is um, on, on uh, people who enjoy the advanced stats, we'll, we'll call them the, the FIP, the feeling independent uh, pitching ERA. Uh, the seventh best Dodger pitcher so far this season is Luke Williams with mm. a three three five FIP. So that's, that's pretty funny. It's also pretty depressing at how bad uh, this, this team has been at um, run prevention as a whole. What is the biggest concern? I guess that's that's really the call. Um, it, it is the pitching, but the offense is bad when it's missing its guys. And when you don't have the player of the week in the lineup, when you don't have uh, Will Smith, uh, an all-star candidate, USA's catcher in the lineup for the last two weeks, yeah, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle pretty bad. And you know what? J.D. Martinez, he's he's uh, been... You know, among the team leaders in, in ribbies, in, in OPS, uh, he leads the team in extra base hits. He's he's a bopper that they went that entire series without. And, and you don't you know, you don't play very well uh, in that series without those three dudes in your lineup. So, but yeah, I mean, you're looking at we already talked a, a, a butt, buttload about Julio. You got you got uh, Syndergaard in there. May has been more down than up of late. Gonsolin, we you know it's incomplete report card, and the, there's the always ever present fear that when is the Kershaw injury going to happen? Is this going to happen at some point, or just something nagging that's going to sideline sideline him for at least two weeks or something like that? What where do you go when that happens? Yeah, I mean, like I said on my show earlier this week, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And after all these years, Clayton Kershaw is still 
the, the best pitcher on the Dodgers. It's unbelievable. Like you said, it always feels like an IL stint is inevitable, and you really can only count on him for 120 to 140 innings pitch tops. I mean, you're probably not going to get close to that. But, yeah, I think where do you go from here from a pitching standpoint? I think you got to hope that Tony Gonsolin, who looked a lot better than I expected, having not gone through that full rehab i think i want to see his command improve he even said after the game you want to throw less balls and be a little more efficient i think tony gonsolin how he performs early on that's going to go a long way in fortifying the starting rotation thor noah Syndergaard. i remember i said the preview show he was going to be my biggest disappointment but i didn't say that he was going to be disappointing and that he was going to be a bust i just said that i didn't think he'd be an all-star or be close to cy young award-winning thor i didn't think we were going to see that again but yeah, I think offensively, I mean, I said before the season started, which area do I want to focus on? I want to focus on pitching. And Gavin Stone, he's looked good in his last two starts, okay? Necessity is the mother of invention. Just like we put in short, we put in Mookie Betts, we installed him in shortstop earlier for a couple games to see how that worked. I think Gavin Stone at this point of the season, if you're going to be hovering around 500 and you have a guy that has a world-class elite changeup that has the moxie and the poise to perform at this level, I think that could change the energy, the narrative of this season, knowing that you're giving a guy an opportunity like that. Because look, Ryan Pepio still hasn't picked up a ball. Yeah. Ryan Pepio doesn't seem like he's going to be returning anytime soon. So yeah, and this offense, like you said, it, it's frustrating, right? Like if you look at this offense and wins, in wins, they're averaging over seven runs per game. Yeah. In losses, <laughs> it's just over two runs per game. So when they win, they win by a lot. When they lose, they lose really bad. And when you break it out individually, and by the way, we want your guys' takes on uh, what is the, the biggest concern for this team. Give us some thoughts in the comments as well. We, we got some time planned out here to, to kind of dig into your guys' thoughts on it. But uh, that, that that goes, uh, you know, individual as well. Like James Outman is hitting like uh, I think 118 in, in Dodger losses versus 400 in wins. Uh, Miggy Vargas kind of the same boat. I think he's hitting just over a buck in in losses and closer to to 300 in in wins. Um, obviously, when players hit and get on base, there's gonna be more run scoring, but. There's a there's a little over reliance on okay we need one of these guys to do something today or else yeah sorry we tried thanks for thanks for coming out and watching the game kids you got something uh, DJ producer Cody I do screen. I have the Hornito shot taker oh, come I got a shot taker right here Mr DMac just brought up Gavin Stone Michael Carrillo said uh, a little bit earlier bring up Stone now no more training wheels. I mean take off the training wheels I'm take off the bubble wrap I'm still on the boat that uh, it's early. For, for a stoner, but maybe I'm the one that's wrong. There's no question that it's early in the sense that, I mean, there's a guy who hasn't even pitched 50 innings at the AAA level, but hey, if you're looking for a spark, if you're looking for a guy that can possibly put up better numbers than Noah Syndergaard at this stage, I think, yeah, Gavin Stone is a guy. But I also think, too, the Dodgers, they do want to preserve that reputation and that they can fix guys, that they can get those reclamation projects like Noah Syndergaard. So just from an optics standpoint, you're not going to want to wave in the white towel. I think he's not a complete lost cause in Syndergaard. We've seen him have some pretty solid games. I mean, first yeah. start of the season, you saw the game where he had nine punch outs. He had the big change up working. As long as he's working that change at bottom of the zone and he's not living stuff up. And that really has been the problem across the board is these guys kind of leaving stuff belt high and not working the edges. And that is why Kershaw has success for so long. But yeah, I think this team overall, they have a lot of problems, but Gavin Stone, I like the idea, man. I think at some point, 
you probably were waiting, probably wanted to give him six starts, maybe seven starts later in the year. But with Pepio on the show for quite some time, with a lack of consistency from the starting rotation, I just don't see how it could hurt. Because if it doesn't work, you just send him right back down. Yeah, I mean, if it's if it's a need, then you have no choice. Right now, they don't need him yet, and I think you gotta you kind of gotta save him at this point uh, for the occasion that you do lose Kershaw because. Grove is also still on the IL nursing a groin injury. Um, you know, they just got Tony Gonsolin back. You don't know what that's going to look like. At some point in the season, they're also going to need to buy some innings and some time for Dustin May, who hasn't pitched more than 60 or whatever it is ever uh, at the big league level. So, um, like, yeah, you'd love to see your top guy come up and, and do his thing, as they say. But uh, you also need to have some contingency plan ready to go down at the minor league level. And um, if it's not, not if it's not him, they don't really have anybody else. Or if it do, if you do see somebody else, it's going to be somebody you've never heard of or hasn't pitched in big league since like 2018 with Boston or something like that. Yeah, no, that's they a good point. Guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, look, they're still going to. They're not going to make any panic moves. They're not going to make any drastic. There are no moves out there right now. But either. as far as bringing Gavin Stone oh, gotcha. up right now, I mean, gotcha. they're not going to do that. If it was my organization, if it was what I've seen from this team and the fact that at this point, I, I mean, I'd rather see some of these young guys play and develop them and try to see what you have than some of these old guys that haven't been able to perform. I mean, I think it's something that would be in the cards for me. But, yeah, I, what this team really needs is they need two to three weeks with Max Muncy and Will Smith in the lane in the lineup at the same exact time, hitting third and hitting fourth, and just having some consistency. But also, one thing that kind of annoys me is in the post game show, first minute or two, it's just comments about Austin Barnes and Austin Barnes how poorly he's hitting. Why would you talk about Austin Barnes before you would talk about Mookie Betts? I just don't understand that. Just because he can play shortstop, I mean Mookie Betts last he's three for his last 21 hitting 143 i mean yeah. this is a guy that his batting average has dropped every single year I mean, he's hitting for more slug i have pounded my fist on the table saying i want to see mookie move down in the lineup yeah just because i think it would give him an opportunity to see some different pitches have some different at bats where you don't have to take as many pitches where you can be aggressive at the beginning of counts and i just think that yeah he has really not looked great at the plate i mean what are you seeing from mookie right now clint uh, I'm not seeing a good swing out of him. You're not seeing a, a consistent, you're not seeing a comfortable swing out of Mookie Betts right now. Um, every once in a while he'll run into one, but he's, he's, it's just not, it's not a pure swing right now. It's not that good, good Mookie swing right now. It's, uh, I'm trying my best to figure it out kind of Mookie. He will, he will at some point, he always goes on some sort of hot streak, but I, I I agree with the idea of of moving him down. We had that conversation a couple weeks ago. I I think you're at a point where, you know, change for the sake of a change. Which I mean, I guess they're going to get in this series with the the readdition of of uh, guys like Will Smith mainly, but also uh, Max Muncy coming back. But throw James Altman in at leadoff and drop Mookie down to three or four or something like that. Just just to give the whole lineup a different look and something happens maybe something happens you know magic happens when we're all in here in the office together magic can happen in the lineup if you just do some little tweaks here and there but that's not going to happen because you already have a couple of big names coming back with uh max muncie and, and will smith and that's going to be absolutely a difference maker too do you think that the added weight the more muscle that he uh i mean yeah he allegedly added eight pounds of 
the that strong meat uh, in the offseason. Nobody has literally ever effing said that in their life, but I just <laughs> did. And it's on the internet now from here to eternity or in, you know, until I get fired and all these things get blocked on YouTube or whatever. But um, he put on the good weight, they say, because the assessment was that he was too frail. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. For his frame, we, frail is probably not the right word, but uh, I, how does Dave like to say it? He's uh, uh, he has a way. Dave has a way of saying it where he's not, uh, you know, he's he's not a very Easy. big man. You know, he's he's a he's a small man. The Mookie Betts fellow is, and um, adding that weight was, you know, was with the hope that he can last. He could survive 162 games, slate of games, uh, a season, and and uh, end his season on a better note than maybe perhaps he did before. I don't know if the the muscle is affecting him that much. I think it's just it's the swing. There's something wrong in the swing because um, the muscle wasn't like, you know, he wasn't just benching and, yeah, and, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. It wasn't that it wasn't the type of stuff that like, you know, you could see in, in golf. Let's talk from my my worldview here. You know, you get too ripped like I am right now in golf and it can kind of <laughs> I almost sold it for a second. <laughs> uh, you know, it can kind of hamper your, your swing or change your swing or whatever. But he went for the all-around, just added um, man meat, <laughs> and uh, I, I don't think that's it's it's a reasonable question, but I don't think that's an effect. Yeah, no, I think for him though, if you just compare his swing this year to last year, you're seeing a little bit of a drop off in bat speed. He's just not barreling up balls. The hard hit percentage down to the 44th percentile, 45th percentile, and barrel percentage expected batting average in the 35th percentile. So when he's getting his bat on the ball. It's not jumping off the bat yeah. like we've seen in the past. And you're also seeing, too, the walk rate has gone up. The walk rate has gone up significantly to start the year. And I think he needs to be a little more aggressive at the beginning yeah. of counts and really just get on a run. Now, the reason I was trying to set you up, though, I mean, I was trying to lob it up for you, alley-oop style, for the Clint Cure. Are we going to get the Clint Cure for Mookie? I mean, I'm not saying you got to always throw it out. You're not feeling it. You're not feeling it. But no, are you ready? I'm not, I'm not feeling anybody in this series, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, yeah, I think I think Muncy, Respect that. I think Muncy, I mean, Muncy's not going to pick up pick up where he left off because where he left off was the rookie of the year. Uh our, our uh, um not rookie of the year, player of the week. Same difference. Um but yeah, there's 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 nothing that like they're not giving me any hope right now to be like, yeah, no, this guy is gonna be the guy because you're just seeing bad swings out of everybody. And even, you know, last, uh, I'll call it a partial Clint cure on, on uh, Freddie Freeman because he had that two-homer game, but he's kind of been kind of been booty ever since. Um, you're not seeing that usual Freddie change where, and to, to credit the league, they, you know, teams are pitching him very well. The Pirates pitched him very, very mm -hmm. well. But um, you're not seeing that usual adjustment where, just try to lay it out to left field and get on base and then lock it in from there. 
I'll, I'll, I guess that'll, I'll throw that out again. I think if there's anybody who has an opportunity to, to break out a little bit or just get back on track, it's going to be Freddie in this series. But it's not going to be some sort of, you know, I, I'm not an, anticipating a magic player of the week type of week out of Freddie. I think it's just going to be let's get a few base hits, string some games together with some hits. But um, uh, Mookie, I feel, is, is further away than uh, than he would like to be at this point in the season in, in terms of getting his swing on on the right plane or if, if your swing isn't right <laughs> you're not going to swing as hard and that's where you're seeing the lower exit velo like the ball the the almost grand slam that was robbed uh in uh, what game one of that um series in pittsburgh that was not a loud hit ball like you can you can hear the crack of mookie's bat being down you could hear the, the exit velo lower than usual uh, I was surprised it traveled as far as it did. Yeah. But Zawinski, man. Yeah, that, that would have been a home run in 27 or 30 ballparks. Yeah. And unfortunately, even though, yeah, he kind of used the launch angle on that one, you didn't see that explosive hard contact that we hear when he's on. When he's on, you're seeing him rip that classic patented Mookie double to left field and in him hitting the ball hard. But his average exit velocity is 89.4%. That is the lowest since 2017 when he kind of had that down year yeah, before, before that MVP, MVP season. So, yeah, we watch. know that he yeah, had the Apple Watch uh, <laughs> credit that. But five barrels JT on the season Watkins. for Mookie. So, yeah, I think you really have to put that spotlight on the superstars because when your team That's is fair. going through some funk, you really got to focus on the Mookie Betts as the Freddie Freemans of the world because right now this team is hovering right around 500 with a mediocre schedule, and those guys definitely they need to take it upon themselves. Even if it's not even on the field, I'm asking for in the clubhouse as well, saying, guys, hey, yes, we can't win the World Series in the month of April, but we can set ourselves back. I mean, thankfully, hey, the only team that has the worst batting average in the Dodgers, it feels like, is the San Diego Fraud Rays. So the Fraud Rays, they're hitting below the Dodgers right now. Yeah. So, yeah, thankfully this has been a battle, the battle of the mid in the NL West, and that's definitely kept them in it. Well, it's tough. I mean, you saw that uh, Juan Soto has that medical condition going on right now. You saw oh, the bobblehead. Yeah. So check that out if you it looks did. looks like has At Dodgers Nation on, on Twitter. Pray, hey, send your prayers to Juan Soto because he looks he looks pretty messed up right now. Uh, a couple of the comments here. Uh, Craig Osterberg, he uh, he said Mookie and Freddie both missed J, uh, JT's bat in the lineup. Uh, Seth Gribble agrees with you that Mookie needs to jump on the first pitch more often. Getting back in the comments a little bit, Sarah Morris says pitching is her is her bigger concern. Uh, B Guzman on on YouTube said stop making babies. Always agree with that one. Hepatitis C, you later, says, uh, I'm not going to get concerned until after the trade deadline. It's still too early. I agree with the too early sentiment, but I also think that after the trade di deadline is a little way too late to, to start getting worried. Eddie says, a lack of leadership. Do you think maybe we're not seeing the best Dave this year? I think this is such a veteran-laden bunch that I wouldn't place too much importance on the leadership. I mean, James Altman's come up and he's had success. So I think some of the young guys have been able to contribute. I think Dave, though, from the way he handles the losing in the media, to me, from an optic standpoint, when you don't have the answers and you say, we just need, remember, hashtag, we just need to be better. I feel like there's a little bit of a lack of accountability there. I think sometimes you need <coughs> to crack that whip and come down a little harder on guys to try to get them to perform. And the thing about Dave is he trusts his guys. He trusts his veterans in that locker room, in that clubhouse to go and make a statement. But hey, maybe look, if they have a rough series against the, 
Cardinals, who really haven't looked good this year at all. They red word birds have not been spreading their wings this season at all. They have a rough series, I think. Then you're looking for a players-only clubhouse meeting yeah. where you say, hey, this whole year, it just felt stale. It has felt stale this whole entire time. Yes, you've had some big moments. You had the walk-off. You had the multi-home run games. And look, they had so much momentum that they built taking three or four from Chicago. But I think what you're going to see is, like I said, to me, I'm going to reserve judgment until I see Will Smith and Max Muncie playing together for at least two or three weeks because Will Smith only used to play 11 games. Muncie, he figured things out after that one for 16 start. These two guys, they're looking like they can be top five to 10 MVP candidates, right? So you got them in the middle of the lineup, and then guess what? Your highest paid players, the top of your lineup, and Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman can turn around. You're going to do okay offensively, but look, you are not going to win a shootout, right? This is not Big yeah. 12 football where the Texas Tech or team like that trying to score 50 points a game just to win. You need run prevention, and that, to me, is the focus right now. So if I had to choose between Julio Urias getting back on track versus Freddie Freeman getting back on track... Give me Julio Urias. Give me Dustin May putting together consecutive starts. Give me Noah Syndergaard, really, uh, who's kind of on thin ice. Not being ass. I mean, he's been pretty atrocious of yeah. late. So, yeah, this pitching staff, they need to figure things out. And also, too, getting Bruce Dargrado back, like you said, getting Evan Phillips back in the mix. And the whole paternity thing has just been a little strange. I mean, you guys have injuries plus paternity leave this early in the yeah, season. it's a weird I didn't miss one month. day. I literally did. I worked. Oh, wait. Never mind. Be but careful. I, yeah, Be I, careful. I, I didn't miss one day. When Easy, I, yeah, big no. fella. But, I mean, look, you don't have to miss time, but I, I'm like, they can do what they want, and congratulations. But, yeah, I mean, I just think that as a whole, it's just been a kind of a – IRL dog right here. It's just been kind of like a perfect storm early yeah, on the season. It, it really has been. Um, I like I like Joe Mama. This is take right here. It says, better to struggle now than later. Yeah, you would, you would prefer um, – this happened in April and May, then in September. But then again, we've also seen it happen in September with the 17 Dodgers being probably the most uh, prominent team in recent memory to just straight up yeah, fall off the face of the planet and still come back and make it to a World Series. But but I, I got to give you credit, though, because like at the beginning of seasons, I, I had this team win 97 games. I'm I always optimistic. Know. And <laughs> early on, you're like, this team's going to be hovering around 500. And, like, yeah, that was kind of the Homer Simpson pick for sure. But And I really have a lot of confidence in Andrew Freeman to address certain needs on this team as he sees. But, yeah, such a perfect storm early on. Look, if there's not the all-star game in L.A. last year, this team probably has a better record. I mean, for some reason, I didn't know Nick Cannon was on the Dodgers. But, yeah, this team definitely has has been on the wrong side of the injury bug, the paternity list. Yeah. So now that you get guys back, get them off that paternity list, and you get guys in the lineup more consistently – think things are going to turn around yeah, if they say uh i'm, I'm gonna walk i'm just absolutely gonna walk away with it because it's gonna be in poor taste but deborah young says uh mookie <laughs> goes down looking way too often um people are talking about concussions in the stream so uh, i mean you do you boo i guess uh mb says expecting may to be uh huh? oh okay Expecting May to be a big month for Mookie. So maybe Mookie breaks out of it, starting uh, with the, it's going to be May, um, as as they like to say. Um, notably, too, it's not just the Dodgers, like you mentioned with the Padres, but it's league-wide. League, uh, league People are bad. Teams are, are not as good as they've been uh, in the past. And the, um, you know, offense is just... It's not as, uh, I guess, good or, or pitching, I guess I should say. It's not as good as it's been, and, and 
I think you could put some of that on the rules, but also, I, I don't know, what else? <laughs> I mean, it's just more of a level playing field. I mean, you're seeing teams that don't have these big free agents. They're able to get on base and generate runs. I mean, the Diamondbacks, they don't have any superstars, but they've been able to hover around 500 and they're on the top of their division with a young team that has a lot of speed and they have the ability to put the bat on the ball. So I think that certain teams like the Astros, the Dodgers that had the cheat code in the fact that they had the analytics edge for so many years, there is no analytics edge when it comes to positioning and things like that. Also just pitching match matchups in general. So yeah, I think unless you're the Rays out there, there is no clear cut dominant team. There is not teams, especially in the national league that are going out there and really impressing. But yeah, the good thing, like I think uh, one of our commenters said earlier, yeah, it's good to lose early if you're going to lose at all. And I think, yeah, the silver lining in that is, yeah. I mean, this team, like I said, the white Sox. Uh, go to the mountaintops. I'll scream for the mountaintop. They're 7-17. Seven, you don't need to just get really Tim Anderson. Bad. I mean, you can go out there and try to raid in a team. I mean, Giolito, a starter. Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn. I mean, this team needs a Liam boost Hendricks. of life. And, yeah, Liam Hendricks, by the way. It's great Congrats. news with him. Awesome. He was a cool guy. The All-Star game. We oh, yeah. talked yeah. to us randomly. But, yeah, I think this <laughs> team. The Aussie twinge. The Aussie twang. The, yeah. What do you see his favorite, his, his walk -up, his favorite uh, walk up song with Metallica? But, yeah, I think with this team as a whole and, and, the, and the Dodgers in general, oh, you know. they need some answers. And hopefully it starts with a home series against the Redbirds that, to me, other than the Giants, I hold as my number two most hated team in the league. I go Giants and then Cardinals. So hopefully they see red against this Cardinals team and they want to get back on track. Guys, that's how you know uh, you're talking to Dodger fans that have been around a little bit longer, a little longer in the tooth, as it were, because they will have the Cardinals listed in that team of hated uh, or that group of hated teams. So let's talk about the Cardinals. You got some decent pitching matchups here. Um, Jack Flaherty versus Dustin May tonight, which is going to be very useful setup for you guys that are listening tomorrow. Jordan Montgomery versus Clayton Kershaw. I guess we can call that the premier game of the series. And then uh, on Sunday, um, two dudes that are, going through a rough time of their season uh, uh, to start their season. Jake Woodford, who I don't know what that is, versus <laughs> Noah Syndergaard. Sadly, I know what that is, and it's not working out. Should have got uh, my boys, uh, Zach Eflin. But um, I don't remember, as per usual, what our predictions were <laughs> on Monday because I don't, I don't pay attention to anything we say on the show. But I don't think we're doing good in our predictions thus far. Yeah, no. In the classic Colin Cowherd segment, where Colin was wrong, I said five and one, so I'm already ineligible. But I did correctly predict last week, so I did. I would go back and I did watch that for pat some strange so reason at three a.m. But <laughs> yeah, I like the way this this rotation lines up against this Cardinals team. I mean, they're one of the worst teams in the National League to start the year. The Cardinals are ten and sixteen, last place in the NL Central. We know they always play up against. This Dodgers team, a lot of Dodger fans in the postgame show, they always tell me they want Jack Flaherty as a trade chip. But, yeah, I think I feel really good about Saturday, Clayton Kershaw on the bump, and then we'll see if the big key, I, I'm confident Dustin May at home. I think he's ready for a really Dustin May-ish, 8-9 strikeout type game start where he's looking filthy because every once in a while you see him go through his rough patches and then he finds it with that command. I think it's going to be a solid start for Dustin May, and I think tomorrow it's Clayton Kershaw. I mean... He goes out there and he performs. Sunday is the one you got Noah Syndergaard. But at home, that's, that's Syndergaard, uh, at home, Syndergaard has pitched a lot better. So it's a big difference. 
daytime, it also feels like he's he struggled a little bit more, but he also just feels like he's struggling at all times right now. Uh, this this is absolutely a series to to get right for one of these teams. I'm really hoping it's the Dodgers. Um, you can't not. Uh, if I was the anybody on that Dodger roster outside of maybe like somebody like Michael Bush who was like, I'm gonna get set down any minute, any minute it's gonna happen, and I'm sad and I'm sad. Mm-hmm. If I was in that that clubhouse, I would feel real good about getting my boys Max Muncie and Will Smith back in the lineup, and then. Well, 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 we'll figure out Monday when Rojas comes back. But I, I'd be feeling real, uh, real happy, to, real, real, just you know, Jack to go out there and try to to win a ball game, get themselves an angry win. You got one of your stoppers, uh, one of the guys you hoped would be a stopper for your team this year, and Dustin May on the bump going up. Uh, the, I mean, honestly, Friday really is the marquee matchup. But um, and and some cool stuff going on at Dodger Stadium as well this weekend with Manny Mota, uh, Legend of Dodger Baseball induction ceremony happening on Saturday. They're giving away a beanie at some point. You got a bobblehead, I think, going in there. Uh, well, the, that's a that's a Manny one, but it's a, it's a good. Uh, a, a, like I said, it's a good series to get right, and I think it's going to go in the Dodger favor. Um, notably, unfortunately, tonight's game on Apple TV. So cue the booze. Thank you. Um, it's not free like it was last year, so you got to go out and download it, but there's like a free code. So we have an article up on the DodgersNation.com on how you can do the the free thing. I don't know. Uh, Noah wrote it. I don't know what the <laughs> I don't know what the details are about the, the, the free Apple, but there's like a free two-week trial or whatever. So that should get you at least one of the games uh, or, yeah, well, one of these Dodger games that is going to happen on Apple TV. But what do you think about the series? So you got – uh, three and zero, oh, two two and one, zero oh and three. <laughs> Let's go Dodgers sweep. Break out the brooms That's against Homer. the Redbirds. Hey, look, hey, look, Noah Syndergaard. These are pretty interesting splits. Do at home this season a three ERA, allowing six earned runs and in eighteen innings pitched in three starts on the road a fourteen sixty three ERA. So. <laughs> Pitch is much better at Dodger Stadium. I think you're getting guys back. I like the way this rotation sets up. This Cardinals team, they've been terrible to start the year. So, like you said, it's a get-right series. And this team knows that there's a lot of a lot of whispers out there about the stolen bases. So I'm very curious to see how they're going to fare with runners on base. And, yeah, I think I'm looking for a sweet, man. Break out the brooms. I need some feel-good, a feel-good series against this this Cardinals team that's giving me so much pain, like you said, the real OG Dodger fans they know. Yeah, I, I got a couple in here. Um, we got an F in the chat from uh, Carnivorous Lunar Activity for both Jack Clark and Ozzie Smith. Shout out. Wow. Some some newer Dodger fans could also hate guys like Matt Stairs and Matt Carpenter. That's the one that that really. Those are the ones that will irk you a little bit more. The I would I would argue the '85 uh, Cardinals weren't uh, weren't as high on your list, or the mid '80s Cardinals, but they're still going to be there. They're still going to be around. Adam eight one eight says Matt Stairs versus Broxton. Hey you guys, remember the 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 few times that uh, Joe Torre left John Broxton out there to just like straight up die. Remember when he killed his career? And uh, in, in, uh thanks. Um, killed his career against the Yankees, I think it was. Either like like 50 pitches or something. Just absolutely insane. That, also, uh, oh, just that Broxton, man. I mean, yeah, I, I'll never forget that. 5-5, five, five, top of the eighth. Or or the sixth inning on that hot-ass day at Dodger Stadium where Kershaw was cruising, and then all of a sudden, yeah. just single after single after single after single after single, and he was left out there to die as well. Thank you, Don Mattingly. Importantly, we have Seth Gribble's hate list. So everybody get your pens out. There's gonna be homework after this. Hate list number one: Giants. Number two: Astros. Number three: Padre fans. 
not the Padres, but the fans. That's a respectable hate list. I'll get on that. Craig, Giants, Celtics, Clippers, Suns. It's a good list as well. That's pretty solid. Thanks for thanks always. Thanks for rocking with us, Craig. <laughs> they they are rocking with us. You uh, are you primed to to jump in? We got we had a, we had a producer switch because somebody had to go cover the Lakers. <laughs> had to go cover the Lakers, man. DJ producer, <laughs> DJ producer, that fool Noel. What's going on, Noel? What do hey, we got? Hey man, hey shout out DKM for not one but two super chats. Let's Yo, DKM. What do we got? So first off, he gave us ten dollars. Hey. And he he told us we may have lost the series to the Pirates, but we cannot lose to the Cardinals. Dustin Mania better get enough strikeouts to survive a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> and, 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 he said, do some shots on the post show if LA wins, D-Mac. Let's go. <laughs> Didn't you, you crack open that fine bottle of I Hornitos, did. I had right? a couple shots, man. I was trash. <laughs> I was yeah, trash. He, he can't handle his liquor. Oh, he, man. He's such a fan because that is the response to Ryan Pepia saying that Dustin May would be the Dodger that could survive a zombie apocalypse. So, yeah, I got real one right out. there. And then so, we yeah. also we also have one more that he gave us, which is five dollars. Let's go. And this one, this one. He said, "When will we finally get Dodgers Nation hats? And when will there be statues of Dmac and Clint at Dodgers Stadium?" Yo. And also, Dmac, buy that non-alcoholic drink. I got you, man. <laughs> this is all. This thank you, does. thank you, DKM. You're a real one. Appreciate you, DKM. Uh, we we need to be able to one find a statue maker. And two, be able to uh, break into Dodger Stadium to put them. Uh, what do you think? Should we be next to Koufax or or uh, the Jackie statue? Where do we want to put ourselves? Man, I would say right right on top of the elevator. Yeah, that'd be a good spot. I, or I would say yeah, somewhere by the pavilion, <laughs> somewhere by the or maybe out in the parking lot, somewhere. Do they? Which restrooms still have the uh, the old troughs in them? I want to. Those be were there. the troughs. Oh, those yeah. were the days, man. Yeah. Bless those up. were the days. Bless up. What was the first part of that again? Uh, statues. Hats. Hats. I don't know. I don't know. We got to talk to Gary about that. Shout out to my friends one. over at Hat Launch. <laughs> shout out to Gary. He, uh, he, had some, he had some stuff going on today. So there's your, there's your shout out. I want to get your hate list. Oof. Um. Doesn't have to be teams either. It can be people, think. No. <laughs> Pass. Dylan Brooks. Pass. 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 I would say, I would say Dodgers. I know. I would say for, the Dodgers breaking news. No, I would say, I would say Dodgers biggest rivals. I would say Giants, Cardinals, and then I hate the Astros more than I hate. I hate the Astros more than I hate the Padres. I mean, geez, you think stealing all these bases is bad this year? I'm not just stealing a World Series, and that's what they did. But yeah, the Cardinals too. I mean, the Jack Clark thing is is pretty wild. I mean, yeah, Cardinals are up there for me as well. I mean, it's if we're talking teams, not people. Uh, it's it's Giants. It's it's Cardinals because I can still think back to, um, you know, not not even the olden times, but even the more recent memory times, like, you know, going going to to Bush Stadium and Odalis Perez giving up like five home runs mm. to to uh, Albert Pujols back when he was la máquina for real. Um, yeah, f them Cardinals. All every time, every time you would go to St. Louis, it was just a bad, bad, bad time. I also hate the Rockies because I just hate that stadium. Every time you go there, Kershaw's ERA, bro, Kershaw, it blows up. <laughs> right, that synergy, bro. Um, you know, something bad happens at Ker uh, at Kershaw at, at, at Coors Field. Whether it's Kershaw, whether it's something bad with Kenley Jansen's heart or whatever the hell it is, just just throw it in, throw it in the ocean. Get rid of that garbage. It's a far walk from the ocean, but get rid of uh, the Mile High uh, Stadium uh, stadiums over there. 
with uh, Coors Field and Rockies as a whole. Um, we got some uh, series predictions. Eddie Romero says two and one. Uh, BC says Arenado and Goldschmidt combining to hit like five homers. Wow. Boomer Assassin says two and one. Carl says two and one. Joe Mama says three and zero. Oh. Deborah Young says three and zero. Oh. So we got some positive in there. Uh, Showtime Dodger fans says fan favorite Lars Newt bars. I think that sounds like a candy bar. <coughs> that was a burp for everybody to enjoy for the old schools. Uh, Diane's in the stream. So thank you for hanging out with us, Diane. We got another one. What we got? What we got? We got something special. Hey, speaking of Diana, shout out Diane. She gave us 10 bucks. Yo. And she said, hi, Clint and DMAC. What have I missed? She's been work working hard, getting that bread up. Baseball, problems. Um, a little therapy session here. A little therapy, you know. It's a good, it's a good show. Just make sure you, uh, you tune back and, and listen. Listen uh, here on the YouTube and on, on your holes on all the spots that, uh, that podcasts live. But uh, I think that about wraps it up. Um, for the hell of it, I'm gonna throw a final score prediction at you because those are always go uh, goes well. What do you think tonight looks like? Tonight, let's see. Let's go five. Let's go five dues. Five dues tonight. Tomorrow, we'll go curse on the bump. Full series. Let's go tomorrow. We go four to one. Thinking of the on Sunday, we'll go. Give me next Friday. Next as Sunday, well. we'll go six three. <laughs> Sunday six three. Yeah, we gotta get we gotta get Kershaw back. I mean, yeah. That Matt Adams home runs still torture me years later. No one hits his curveball, a lefty. Oh, oh it's gonna be so much pain. To watch Kershaw give up a homer, but you know he's going to. He's he's always good to give up a homer to uh, Goat Shaw to the to the Cardinals. But guys, thanks for rocking with us. Thanks for hanging out with us. Find us on the internet, DodgersNation.com. Subscribe to Blue Heaven. We are on all the podcast platforms. We'd appreciate it. Subscribe to us on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash/DodgersNationTV. Hit the bell, leave a like, leave a comment. Even if you already watch, go leave a watch again and leave more comments. It really helps out. Uh, the boost us in the algorithms in some way. I'm real FRG on Twitter and Instagram. That guy right there is legendary. DMAC underscore LA. Go follow at Noah Cameras for the hell of it. He's our stats guy in the background. Make sure you're following at Noise by Noel because he came in. He was loud. He was fresh. He didn't adjust his mic level. Hey, on Manny Moda, <laughs> on Manny Moda week to have a pinch hitter. <laughs> That is that is a great uh, great call. Thank you for the comments. Thank you for the questions. Thank you so, so much for the super chats, and we will see you on Monday. Bye. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Bring them home. 